Join me right now. Back on the show is rising UFC welterweight Alex Morono. What's going on, Alex? Nothing much, man. Just got home from training a, a few minutes ago, and uh, we're actually getting hammered with a, with another storm here in Houston. But thankfully, the, the woodlands, my area, didn't get it too bad. And I know South Houston's getting pretty flooded again, man. I'm just I'm just hoping everyone's coming out of this one okay. Yeah, man, that's a that's a scary situation right there, especially with that water coming in. Um, were you were you there the last time? Did you get affected a lot? Hurricane Harvey, yeah. My gym took mm. like six feet of water, but we predicted it. We took everything out of the gym. The mats were mm. saved. So like we just had to kind of rebuild the interior of the building, which took like a month, and we were actually back in action pretty quick. I was actually in fight camp when that happened too, so I was a nomad for uh, for about four weeks in that eight week camp. It was tough, but I found a way to train. Thankfully, I have a, a lot of cool relationships all around Houston, and then now that I'm training at Fortis up in Dallas, there's more training options than I have energy for. So it's nice to have that problem. It seems like uh, the Houston Dallas area you know is becoming a hotbed do you see this you know even with the the younger talent coming up in the area so i'll tell you i have a theory on why houston was so even texas was so uh like well adapted for mma it's because most states allow pro-ams which is like pro fights and amateur fights on the same fight card so they have to pay out like three or four guys which would allow promoters to throw fights more often. And in Texas, that was illegal. You either had all amateur cards or all professional cards. So when Legacy, run by Mick Maynard, who is now a UFC matchmaker, was coming up in like the 2010 to 2015 era, you know, they had to have pro fight cards of 10 to 12 fights. So they needed 20 to 24 pro fighters. So the demand for pros was very high. So the mixed martial arts team was very developed in an early stage in Houston. And it's really carried over. If anything, there are fewer fighters professionally now than there were back in like the early 2010s. And a lot of those guys are coaches. Some of them made it to the UFC, one of my, you know, myself included. And uh, so now there's a lot of like, you know, different younger fighters coming up in that, in that aspect. And uh, now that legacy is more regional, uh, Fury Fighting Championship has really picked up a lot of the, a lot of the fighters in, in shows in not only Texas now, but like Colorado and Louisiana. And it's awesome to see Fury doing really well. I hope they get a televised deal pretty soon and, and, and start to pick it up. Don't, don't you have a few guys at your gym that, that's coming up, prospects? Yeah. So one of my guys, Cameron Graves, cross-trains at a team Tooks and with Fortis and with myself, uh, he just won the Fury 145 a belt against a super tough young guy in Colin Wright. He got a TKO in the first round. My other guy, Jake Hefford, he's 7-2 and two as a pro. He had some tough fights his last two, but uh, but he's doing well. And then we got a, a bunch of amateurs and some up-and-coming pros. So, yeah, we've been staying very active as well. No uh, no contender series in their future. You know, it seems like a lot of guys, that's what their uh, line to the UFC is like. Yeah, so with Cameron Graves, we're looking to get one more win on like a local or regional scene. Then surely next summer, we'll try to get him on the contender. And then same with Jake. He's got to put a couple wins together at a higher level. And, and same thing. One of my other guys, Ricky, he actually went to Alpha Male the last, I think, like three or four years ago. But he's 9-2 and two as a pro. And he fought Boston Salmon on the contender series on actually the first year or the first week. Lost a decision, so he's working his way back up to it again. But yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun being a coach and, and even more fun being a fighter, especially in our safe at Fortis. Definitely, man. Well, let's talk about your uh, your last fight against Zach Otto. First round finish, your first knockout in the UFC. You basically predicted it the last time we talked. You know, was that the closest to uh, a flawless victory you can you know you can have in the UFC? Yeah, after the fight, the only thing that was sore was my elbow from elbowing him in the head so hard. But yeah, you know, I wanted a standing knockout. I didn't think it would happen 
as easily with him because he was pretty wrestling heavy. But uh, the man, the training for that fight camp, that was the hardest I've ever trained. And I've had 35, 40 fights, including all my amateur fights and like my non-MMA fights. And I've never had a bad fight camp. I've always like over-prepared before I've under-prepared. And uh, that was like my first real full fight camp at Fortis. And it was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life. And it made the fight seem so much easier. And now that I understand that, going into this next fight camp is even better because I like know what to expect in training. I know the level I have to get to cardio wise and uh and it's just getting better and better that was your last fight on your second contract with the ufc was it pretty easy to get a, a deal done after that win yeah so i got signed for another four fight deal and uh, now i have coach safe also uh working with like all the managerial stuff and you know managers in the past and i had a i, had, I liked my, my last manager uh, but they, you know, they want you to take fights so they can get, you know, uh, their percentage and, and they want you to stay active. And, and Coach Safe wants me to take fights to win and to, you know, better my career. So just from like a, a strategy standpoint and like a personal relationship standpoint and just and he's he's the most profound, knowledgeable MMA coach I've ever met in my life. And not just with with like fight knowledge, but like, you know, with with matchmaking and, and everything. And, and I've always been very proud of like my my like strategic mindset and uh, in my allegiances made in life and and to not to not you know allow coach safe to to kind of guide me in that aspect i think would have been a big mistake and and i've been very happy with the results so far yeah it's good to see that you found the perfect coach for you not the best coach you know that people think is the best coach right right yeah I, I, my opinion is not particularly sought after when it comes to decision making and, and fights which is great I, I you know i've been the head coach at my gym for a very long time or you know earlier than i was hoping for because our coach had left and this was back in like 2012 and uh, and as much as i like being a coach and i love it i i like being a soldier i like being like a warrior more so it's nice to uh, you know allow to have a general and safe as my general and i follow orders and i get to go to battle and that's what i wanted to do so it's like best of both worlds after that last fight you were going through some rehab could you divulge what was going on in that time? Yeah. So if anything, it was great. I just had like a, a slight meniscus tear that I had been dealing with. And, uh, and in training, it had just, I guess, torn more. I'm not too sure. And, and I had felt it, but I still performed well and then, uh, and then got the MRI. And I had a really close uh, orthopedic surgeon doctor. And he was like, you know, there's no, there's no sense to not do it. And got it done. And man, I didn't – I actually it's, – it's every time I do it, I, didn't, I don't realize how limited I am until I get it fixed and I feel what it's like to have that natural movement and man, it's just so much better. And you know, I just turned 29 and I mobility wise, I'm significantly better off than I was over like the last few years. Cause I've gone through a couple different knee fixes and, uh, and man feel really good. And I've really amped up my strength and conditioning. That was the first thing safe had told me when I met him like 18, 19 months ago, he was like, you need to get bigger and stronger for welterweight or else you're going to fight at 55. And I, I, I can't make 55, so I got bigger and stronger. So I'm 19 months into a very consistent strength and conditioning with a, with a good friend of mine and student. He's a purple butt under me, a guy named Adam Latiti. He's a New Zealander. He played professional rugby in his past. And I work with him at a fight camp every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and in fight camp every Monday and Friday and, and just feel tremendously more explosive and strong. And, and it's necessary because the guys at Fortis have some crazy strength and conditioning. And just to compete with them, I got I to gotta make sure to stay on that level. It's been, you know, around seven months. You know, how long have you been ready to fight? So I fought in March, got the surgery done and was out in early April. May, since May, I've been in shape and like 
like weight wise, cardio wise since May, so June, July, August, been all year. Also, at the beginning of this year, I like committed to uh, like I essentially do my fight camp diet year round now, and uh, and and again, I do a lot of private lessons, like all the strength and conditioning, but I also do wrestling privates. And any time I come across a good grappler, I usually take private lessons from them, and I make sure to hit mats or hit mitts religiously with my striking coach. So like this year was was dedicated to uh, to like clean eating and, and and very good technical training plus the hard fight camp training and it's just gone so well and I've stayed so much healthier and I'm, I'm I was I was hoping to fight more this year but that's okay I mean the, the year's young I'm fighting in October hopefully I can fight again in December but we'll see it's I got a lot of cool things happening yeah you you know you after that fight you called for Diego Sanchez of course you didn't get that fight and there must have been names flying around you know before you got this Max Griffin uh you know fight lined up you know what was what were the talks with the ufc so uh so again dwight grant was a good option i still love that fight but he was coming off of a bicep reattachment and i understand that's a very daunting surgery and then again they offered mickey gall but that didn't pull through but uh, i'll tell you you know if this is my ninth fight in the ufc i've probably been offered like 12 or 13 fights of which i've accepted every single one of them and, uh, you know, a few of them obviously didn't didn't pan out. But, man, I had an eerie, eerie feeling I would fight Max Griffin. I think after watching his second fight in the UFC, for, for whatever reason, I had some intuition telling me that I was going to fight this guy. And so I've made sure to watch his fights ever since. And I actually kind of became like a – I would like root for him, especially when he fought that Russian guy last time. I know the Russian guy was being like pretty crazy on fight week, like threatening him and stuff. And I, and I don't like when, when guys lose that respect aspect in martial arts. So I was really rooting for Max to win. And sure enough, he, he won that fight. It was a weird fight, too. The Russian got a point taken away within like a minute. He threw a bunch of spinning attacks. We, I got to see a lot of Max's wrestling and grappling in that fight. And, uh, and, and you know, I have nothing but respect for the man. And, and I just I knew this fight was going to happen for whatever reason. So when Sean offered Max Griffin, I was not surprised and, and immediately accepted. And it's cool because Ryan Spann is also fighting on that card against Devin Clark. And he's another Fortis teammate. And it's always, always more fun having teammates on the fight card. Do you feel that this fight, you know, coming up in Tampa against Max is like the perfect matchup for you at this point in your career? Yeah, so I do believe this is my hardest fight in the UFC and his record is not like indicative of, of his uh, if in the UFC of, of his skill set. You know, he has four losses against four, t- you know, tough dudes, Colby Covington, Millinder, the Brazilian, uh, Elizu, Zaleski, DeSantos, I think I'm saying his name wrong, and then uh, Thiago Alves. And, uh, and man, and he, and you know, other than Colby, he went to the, di- to the distance with all those guys. He's got a notable win over Mike Perry. You know, Max is solid. He just, his UFC record doesn't quite show it. And uh, so I, I'm taking this fight extraordinarily seriously and I'm very prepped for it. And yeah, on the topology rankings, I'm not too sure where he stands in the UFC, but he's ranked like 35 in the world at welterweight and I'm at like 55. So a win over him will, will bump me up tremendously. And then I'm looking like top 30, be one of those guys, you know, top 20, be one of those guys, top 15. You know, before I didn't care about the rankings, but it, you know, in Dallas and Coach Safe, Coach Safe's goal for us is to get us ranked high and get us big fights, and uh, that's that's how it's going. You mentioned earlier that now you're doing your diet year round. You know, you're doing privates here and there. The balance of training seems to be working perfectly for you right now. What is the confidence level for you currently? Uh, again, better than ever. I was just talking to my wife the other day and I was like, man, if I had to go train with or fight my younger self, I would beat the crap out of him. It was awesome. And, uh, and my brother was asking, he was like, how are you still motivated to train this much, you know, 13 years down the line? And I'm more motivated now than ever. Not only is like the more financial gains, but 
But like with the skill set and with the, the the eyes in the UFC and the stage set, there's just so much cool things to accomplish. And like rankings, cool. I'll focus on that later. But again, I want like cool highlight moves and techniques and finishes. And uh, and granted, it's very different opponent to opponent depending on their mannerisms and their stance and just their reactions. But I have some cool stuff planned for this fight. Uh, if there's no openings for the for the cool stuff, then whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll just do stick to my guns, which is generally how it goes. But but uh, confidence is at all-time high, and I, I, I don't really fight to prove anything. I fight because I enjoy the battle. I enjoy the, the emotion and the feeling uh, of life in the octagon, and I've you know, done it enough times to kind of craft the feeling to like no fear and all excitement. And, and again, I just get super excited before I fight. And even walking out, there's some butterflies, which is good. It's just your brain producing adrenaline so you can react quick. But it's more excitement and like uh, – in like blood rage than anything else. So I'm excited to fight again. It's been a little too long. You mentioned earlier that you're just, you know, with your coach, you're moving up the rankings. That's the purpose of fighting these fights. But when I look at it, it seems like two guys that are at the edge of the rankings, the top 15, facing each other. So whoever the winner is, faces one of the guys in the top 15. Is that something that, you know, is that the best case scenario for you? So yeah, I, I think top 15 is a little ambitious and, and I do understand like not necessarily the pecking order, but I understand like the way to move up. And, and I'll tell you, my main training partner at Fortis, Jeff Neal, he's I think ranked 16. So he'll be fighting a top 15 guy. And, uh, and, and my main goal is to is like longevity in the UFC. So I don't quite focus on the rank that much. Like, you know, the, the plan is to, to beat Max in, in a cool fashion for this fight. That's going to happen. And then I really don't care who they offer next. They can offer somebody who's ranked 70th or 80th, and I would likely still take that fight. Again, I'm looking for like octagon time and just like a, a reason to go to war. And that's it. That's my main goal now. If if the rankings do get high in the future, then great. But that's not an immediate goal. Yeah, you're at like the perfect age too. You're at you know you're 29 years old. You've had a bunch of fights in the UFC already, and it almost seems like you're at your peak now or you're hitting, you're at the beginning of your peak and uh, everything's working out perfectly. Uh, I want to talk about Jeff Neal a little bit because he's kind of like in the same situation, but you know, his, his rise is a little bit quicker. Uh, A lot of people are high on him. How is it, you know, being able to clash with him every day in training camp? Uh, It's great. It sucks sometimes, but man, it's awesome. Uh, I'm not going to give away too much information just because he he's just such a well-rounded fighter and uh i just can't wait to see who he gets matched up with next and uh and you know he's 4-0 since his debut the only person who's done that is is, is ben usman who's the champion and uh, and you know i've actually known jeff for a while we fought in like the local houston scene for a while the first time i trained with him must have been back in like 2010 at team tooks and it's just so great to see how well he's doing and i'm so fortunate and thankful to have such a good training partner and uh, and again, like on on Tuesday was we, we sparred very hard. I got my rounds in, and, and and he was my last round, and just he puts it on me. And and you know, it, if I ever do well with him, I can do well with everybody in the UFC. And uh, so that's the goal. And uh, and man, he's awesome. I'm I'm just curious to see who he gets matched up with. I know, <clears throat> I know they're they're looking for a, a good fight. Again, he's ranked 16th. I don't think I don't you know I, don't, I doubt he would fight anyone ranked below him. And, you know, read the top 15 guys, and they're all freaking bangers. I, uh, so I'm just curious to see who it is. All right. I'd like to pick your brain about some of the things that are happening in the welterweight division. You know, you got 
this title fight that's supposed to happen. We actually talked about it last time, which is Covington versus Usman. It's not happening. It's happening. We don't know. The negotiations are not working out. What are your thoughts on this, you know, like back and forth between these fighters in the UFC? Dude, I think it's just Colby, man. Talk about a guy you that's easy to dislike. I don't know. I'm very happy that Masvidal and Nate got the uh, the main event spot. I, I may be Masvidal's number one fan. I've been studying tape on him forever. The way he can manage range and commit to his punches and his counter punches is phenomenal. I was really pulling for him to beat Ben Askren, and, he, and I had a bunch of people at my house, had a little party that night for those fights, and dude, he flying knees them. Uh, so I, and I like that he and Nate are getting, they're getting pay-per-view points. They're getting, you know, MSG pay-per-view headline money that's awesome and uh, and if i'm not mistaken i think colby's management team had just asked for too much money and the ufc told him to go to go f off and uh, and you know and i don't like the guy so that's fine i actually did grow to like usman uh, but after he beat woodley i got a lot of respect for that man his brother actually trains up in dallas big heavyweight guy and I actually met usman at, at, at dallas recently and uh, so i'm, I'm kind of you know rooting for him in his next matchup and then they announced uh, Wonder Boy and Vicente Luque. That's a really fun fight. They just announced Lawler and Ponzinibbio. That's another awesome fight, dude. This is a, a good time for the welterweights, but it's it sucks the champion's not fighting. But uh, but it's kind of funny that Colby got shafted like that, and now he's complaining and talking a bunch of crap about the UFC. There's nothing cooler than fighting the UFC. I would never say anything bad about him. And uh, and man, I I love how much I'm getting paid from him. And uh, and and it's just. It's cool. I'm happy Masvidal and Nate are getting that fight. That's that's a fight I'm really looking forward to. Also, you know, you got Kobe like trashing his former best friend, you know, Masvidal, and then now Masvidal is actually being rewarded by Kobe's mistakes. And yeah. you know, in the gym, you know, like America Top Team is a gigantic gym. So many fighters. You know, now there's a beef brewing there, or maybe I don't know. It could be publicity. I don't know, but could you ever see that happening anywhere? You know, like especially at a gym that you train at. No, so I my gym is run on a very tight ship. Uh, I was just talking to one of my coaches who's like a no nonsense coach, and any weirdos get get weeded out instantly, and then no one would dare to do anything like that at Fortis. I, I don't I don't think it's ever happened, and it will never happen. Coach would never allow that to happen. So no, absolutely not. And man, he was also talking about Poirier, and then he was like talking smack to Stipe's wife. I just don't understand the guy. I really, really don't. It's it it's it's very disheartening. And the only and the only bad thing about it is I only want to see him fight because I want to see him get his ass kicked. And uh, and you know that's how that's that is is a draw kind of in itself, kind of like the Tito Ortiz effect. But no, respect is a, is held at a very high standard at my gym and and of course at Fortis. And uh, and no, that would never ever happen. One last thing before I let you go, you know, in MMA, fighters, competitors, there's many different types. You know, what do you consider yourself at this point in your career? Do you consider yourself a martial artist or a prize fighter? Uh, I think I live the lifestyle of a martial artist, running the martial arts gym, you know, traveling around the world fighting. But I'll tell you, the main motivator for fighting is not money. If I wanted to make money, I would, I would just... I would do something else and, and I'm sure do fine. I just, uh, it's the thrill of the battle. It, there's no better way to feel alive than, than fighting in that octagon. And I've done it so many times now. You know, I got a, almost two hours of fight time in the octagon. This is my ninth fight. Plus all my old fights before that, I've just become extraordinarily comfortable in a seemingly very uncomfortable situation. And like, I know the risk, I know the reward and call me crazy, but you know, bleeding and getting hit 
cracking dudes. It's just such a cool way to feel alive. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not too sure. Uh, the money's great. I mean, that's a big motivator for sure. But but I, I remember fighting on the local scene for less than a tenth of the pay. And I was, I was equally as happy doing it. So I'd say a martial artist, but uh, kind of on the crazier side of enjoying the uh, combat. Well, we get to see you back into that cage, man. I'm happy that you finally get to step back in there. October 12th, UFC on ESPN Plus 19, Tampa, Florida. Thank you, Alex, man. Always good talking to you. Always good to be able to pick your brain. And uh, good luck on the fight and your future, man. Cool. Thank you so much.